And the people said, Amen. Please do sit down. Let's pray for Chris as he comes to bring us God's word. Father, thank you that this word we're going to share is living, powerful, and life-changing. And we ask that you would empower Chris and speak through him this morning. To your glory we pray. Amen. Some of you need to develop your personality. Some of you need to develop your personality so that your future can be transformed. Who are you? How are you going to improve your personality? And it's high time that some of you stopped your negative thinking. And you know that despite what you think, you can do it. And you need to learn to be positive and to enjoy life. And so, and so, we need to put into practice for you an action plan for, so that you can develop confidence. Or perhaps we can do a little better. You see, what does the Bible say about the way to develop and use your personality? And you see, we've got to listen to God and to find out who we are and how we can improve. And to do this, we will use a text which is normally used in this context. We're going to read Romans chapter 12 and 1 and verse 8. 1 to verse 8, everything is going to be on the screen. So that we all know we have the same translation. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, that's verse 1, in the view of God's mercy, and that's thinking of all the first uh, eight, uh, 11 chapters, in the voice and view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We all have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesy, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve 
If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And so, it's best that we do it God's way, isn't it? And we start, of course, with verse 1. I've got yeah, I can read it. Verse 1 begins by saying, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. It all begins with God. You've got to offer your body up as a living sacrifice. Sacrifice to who? To Dave Hughes? No, to God. It all begins with God. And in his book that is sold for millions all over the world, Rick Warren begins with this, with this sentence, it's not about you. And he goes on to say, it's not about you, the purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment, your peace of mind, or even your happiness. It's far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams uh, and ambitions. If you want to know why you are placed on this planet, you must begin with God. You were born by his purpose and for his purpose. It doesn't begin with me. It begins with God. And the Bible, as the first, that first verse says, you've got to offer up your body as a living sacrifice. Not just your soul, not just your spirit, but your body. And that's intensely practical. And, and very often I have I've started my the day by saying, Lord, I offer my body up to you. That means I've got to offer up my tongue. And I have a problem with my tongue because it goes faster than my brain. Lord, I want you to put my tongue off on a hold today. I offer my body. Lord, I I want to to, uh, offer my ears up to you because often I hear things that I oughtn't to hear, which make me react. And Lord, I need to offer my body as a sacrifice. And Lord, I offer up my eyes because often I'm looking at things I ought not to look to you, look up to, and especially on the screen. And then, if I've got to offer my body up to you, I've got to offer my sexual uh, organs up to you too. And all my sexual life. It all begins with God. And everything begins here. You see, we're not involved in programs or books. It's not all about me. And the Bible says very wisely, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And if you miss out here, you miss out completely. 
And just to show how important it is, I'm going to make you do some work. This is a microphone. You see, I went to Caterham School and so uh, This is a microphone. And how much do you think that's worth? Now, you're going to have... How many? 250 pounds. Now, I went on Amazon. And Amazon UK, it's not Amazon France, tells me that it's worth 22 pounds 99. Now... It's very strange, because you can buy that on Amazon for that price. But when it was Michael Jackson's microphone, that sold for $300,000. Strange, isn't it? Better get something on Amazon, isn't it? This, ladies and gentlemen, is a fountain pen. I'm sure we don't use fountain pens much nowadays, do we? But if you bought a fountain pen, how much do you think that's worth? Two pounds. This gentleman starts with two pounds. Far too cheap. We're not selling it that. Amazon, it goes for 21 pounds. But if you wanted to buy the fountain pen of John Fitzgerald Kennedy, $123,000. What's the difference between a fountain pen that you buy on Amazon and a fountain pen of John Fitzgerald Kennedy? What's the difference? It's the person who owned it. Yes? This, ladies and gentlemen, is a basketball. And if you buy this basketball on Amazon, it is worth £18.23. But Michael Jordan's basketball was sold for $77,000. You see, it's not the basketball which is important. It's the owner that's important. And scripture tells us that Christ has paid the price for you. And in my French translation it says, you have been bought with a great price. The blood of Jesus Christ who died to save you. And all of a sudden, that gives you great value, doesn't it? You're not just somebody who is uh, balanced around right and left by society and the ups and downs. You are a child of God, destined for eternity with him. It all begins with God. It's not about you. It's about God. And you really do, whatever you think, whatever you've been told, whatever you doubt, you have real value. Now, verse 2 tells us, do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So if verse 1 says that it all begins with God, the second verse says, change the way you think. Change your thinking. And the problem is, you see, that we are bombarded with media reports, with social media 
with anyone who has an opinion. And it's very difficult to think straight, isn't it? And some of us turn up a little about this. And, uh, and it's hard to think straight, isn't it? One of the most strange things I ever had was uh, I hadn't been long in France, and it was before Geneviève and I were married. And uh, we were living in the south and uh, living in an evangelistic team and going out in evangelism every day and the, uh, to see a new church planted. And one of the team members uh, was, in a car, was in a car accident and he died. And you can imagine how we felt uh, when the police turned up and told us that uh, Steve had died. And uh, somebody had to go and, uh, uh, how do you say it in English? Identify the body, that's right. And so I think, I think we were three, three of us, we went to identify the body. And you can imagine that uh, it was an emotional time. And we walked out of the hospital. And the first thing that came into my mind was... You need a stiff drink. Now, I have no idea where that came from. I never learned that at Oak Hall. <laughs> I certainly didn't learn that from my parents who were teetotal. But somewhere, from the television, or a film, or a book, when you go through a hard time, you've got to have a stiff drink. And that was the first thing that came into my mind. And we're all influenced by the media, aren't we? And the Bible says that it begins with God. If you're going to develop your personality properly in the way that God wants, begin with God and change the way that you think. And... Uh, and how can you change? Because there are other influences too, aren't there? There's family. And some of you have been through difficult family situations. There's school. There are other forms of social media too. How are we going to change so we can think properly as God wants? And there's only one answer to that, and that's through soaking yourself in God's word. Is that something which is a regular pattern for you? Now, if you compare the time you spend reading your Bible with the time you see watching the screen, telephone, tablet, computer, what's influencing you? I know, but I don't like to read. And that happens more and more often. I'm not a reader. Okay. Well, I know you, you can read the menu at McDonald's, but you don't like to read. If you don't read God's word on a regular basis, if you're not soaking yourself in God's word, you will never be the person that God wants. And you'll become like that person who is being fed by the media. But, and you've got to learn to read. You've got to learn to read. 
Now, it goes on. This is the third point. Finally, with my brothers and sisters, always think about what is... No, this sorry. Uh, Let's go on. Third Third verse. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Starts with God. Change your way of thinking. And take a hard look at yourself. Now, this can be a bit scary. I don't know whether you do this on a regular basis or you do it at all. Because if you're going to think of yourself less highly than you ought to think, that means you've got to take an honest look at yourself. Have you ever done that? Have you ever taken a piece of paper and sat down and said, where am I at? I don't like doing that. Because I suddenly find there's far more things wrong than I thought. It talks about having a sober judgment. That's not what the personality development people tell you to do. And you see, some of us find that so embarrassing that you say, well, you've got to take me as I am. I'm like that. And you've just got to accept me like that. Except that's not the way the Christian reacts. Because a Christian is an operation transformation, isn't he? Being transformed by the Spirit of God to be someone who is not now. And that's a great program. Are you in that? Don't think yourself more highly than you ought to think. That means that you've got to look at yourself. And you've got to pray the prayer of Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And I think that's something that, as I look back, it's something I've not done very often. Or not enough. To take a sober judgment. Do you think you can do that? Do you think so? Do you think you can do that on your own? Or do you have, like me, a number of blind spots? I think we all have blind spots, don't we? And it's very interesting to see the way that Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote Romans, how he develops his next... It goes on in the chapter, in verse 4 and 5. For just as each of you has one body, all of a sudden, he changes from you, offering your body, you changing your thinking, you individually uh, having uh, the right judgment, thinking, uh, looking at you properly. For each of us has one body with many members, my hands, my ears, my nose. And these members do not have the same function, and it's just as well that my ears don't smell properly. So in Christ, we, though many, we form one body and each member, that means you, 
That means you. Each member belongs to all the others. And there Paul is moving out into something which is radically different. Because he's saying, you are not on your own. Personal development, Christian development, in God's way, isn't something that you can do on your own. Now, and he uses this oft-used illustration of the body. And in comparing us here as a body, he's saying each of you is very different. Now, that's not something that you find very surprising. But he says that. And consequently, everybody has a different role. You don't expect everybody to be like an ear or like feet, especially like my feet. And he says that everybody is important. And you are important. Why? Because God has given you value. But you can't and you mustn't function on your own. It's not about me. It's about God and the way he wants you to operate. And the interesting thing is what uh, 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 scriptures say in Ephesians 5 and verse 25. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Why did Jesus die? Did he die just to give me salvation? So that I might go to have my service... And I might have my ticket to heaven. No, scripture says he didn't just die to save you personally. He decided for the church. And there is this whole collective and community thinking in in, in scriptures. And you can't make it on your own. And this is what God is trying to say to you. Now... That certainly isn't the way I was brought up. I was brought up in an individualistic Christianity. My relationship with God. And I was going to work for God. A rugged, individualistic Christianity. But that's not the way the Bible teaches You are part of the body. Do you know what part you are? Are you functioning? You can't do it on your own. And the Bible says, in the measure in which you have found yourself, your role in the body, in the church, then you will be able to develop your personality. I must put Hatem Ben Arthur on the screen, who is, or was rather, one of the the brightest stars of young uh, under-18s and even the under-21s, a French national team, a brilliant dribbler, a goal scorer too. But Hatem Ben Arthur has never uh, developed his potential because although he's a very individualistic, critics say that he 
has never learnt to function in a team. And normally, when you play football, you've got to play in a team. However good you are individualistic. And Hatem Ben Arfa is a good player. But that's all. Are you a team player? Hebrews 10, verse 24, says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. In another translation, it says, Stir one another up. How many people do you spur on? How many people do you, do you know well enough to spur on? You see, it's a team effort. And some of you need to be, <coughs> you need to have your spurring partner. That means that you have got to let people spur one another, one another. That means, my friend Jeff, that uh, if you and I were here together, you see, I've got to allow you to spur me on. And that's not easy. That means, you, that means I've got to allow you to come up to me and say, Chris, I think you've got to improve there. But that means he's got to allow me to come up to him and say, how are you going? Fine. No, no, no. no, no. How are you going? Really? Really? Well, I think we'd better step outside a bit. And if I'm going to, spy, I'm going to encourage you, that's not means I'm not going to get out my machine gun and clash and go, boom. But you see, I need Jeff to come to me how am I going to develop? How am I going to get a, a, a sober judgment of myself unless somebody like Jeff or somebody else will do that? I'm just going to develop my blind spots. And I don't think in Britain we're very good at that. We're not very good at that either in France. You see... Scripture says, if we are a member and we belong one to another, that means we're going to be accountable. Have you, do you have a spurring partner? Or two? Or three? You're not on your own. And you've got to find people, one or two, who you allow them to tell you the truth. And perhaps one of the most important things you could do in the next two weeks is to find somebody you think you can trust. And that's pretty scary too, isn't it? And say, do you think we can develop this sort of relationship where we can be spurring partners? Have you got somebody who can do that? If not, you need to do it. That's what belonging to one another is all about. You see, 
You're not on your own. And many people operate their church life a bit like that, don't they? New Testament thinking is this way. You say that person hasn't got a relationship with that person there, and you can't have with everybody. But at least with some. And you will not develop your personality in the way that God wants you to do if you're only on your own. And the passage finishes, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, if it is serving, if it is teaching, if it is to encourage, and it goes on in that way. And I want to tell you, and discover where God wants you. Now we're developing your personality. And I want to tell you, there is nothing more satisfying, nothing more thrilling, nothing that that can, can move your spiritual adrenaline in a way as when you know that you're in God's will, you know what God wants you to do, and you're working to improve, improve all that God wants you to do. That is what Christianity is all about. This is developing your personality as God wants you to have. And the question is, where are you at? Where are you at? Discovering who you are within the Christian community. And that's a radically different approach, isn't it? Do you know what your spiritual gift is? Has your spurring partner said to you, what you do there in the church, that's great. Or are you looking at the whole and you're saying, I'm not sure what my place is. And a pastoral team would love to spend a time, not just in coffee, but uh, with a bit of cake too. And talk to you about that. Because personal development is linked to group development. And that's a bit scary, isn't it? And it all begins, you see, with God. Romans 12.1 Offering my body as a living sacrifice. And then, if you don't know what your gift is or what's right, try everything. How do you think I found that working with children was not my gift? (laughs) How do you think I found that I'm not very good at visiting people in hospital? Because I tried it. And some of you need to get out of your comfort zone and start doing things you've never done before. And you'll learn. And then, with the people, people you know and trust, how do you think I'm doing? That's openness. And uh, as you do all these different things, God will give you peace. And you'll say, wow, I feel at ease there. Personal development. God's way. Three aspects. It begins with God. It's not about you. It begins with God. But you've got to take a lot of initiative. You've got to offer your body up. God doesn't do that for you. 
You've got to offer your bedding. And you've got to be not conformed to this world. May think differently. And who's going, to, who's going to help make you be a Bible reader? Not if you're a passive sort of person. You've got to take initiative. Uh, and when you, and the same thing, you've got to, you must interact with others. And it's not just sitting on a seat this Sunday morning will do that. And so, and so, God wants you to operate in your personality development and God's way. And I want to tell some of you older people like me, it's not too late, folks. It's not too late because God hasn't finished with us yet. Okay, okay? Okay, okay? Okay. Let's pray. Father, I want to pray for my friends here in Catrum. And in the same way as this new building has progressed and given joy and emotion, I pray in the same way that there will be progression, personal progression, in their walk with you, in their personality development, as they learn who they are and where they're going. Lord, I pray for all this community interaction that Oak Hall may be a place where people can learn in confidence to spur others on uh, to love and good deeds. We thank you for the joy of knowing what it is to be in the center of God's plan and to work with him. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I think that we have time for our last hymn. And uh, uh, I'm looking at Mr. Dave Hughes, and Mr. Dave Hughes says, we don't have the time for our last hymn. No. <laughs> and you see, he is spurring me on <laughs> to good deeds. And so I am looking at Mr. Hughes, and I think what we're going to do is we're going to pray. And I think... Uh, uh, has somebody got a Bible, a French English Bible? Give me, give me, give me that. Voila, voila, voila. And I'm going to read uh, a, a, a beautiful verse with which we are going to finish our service before uh, moving out into the fire. Is that what you call it? And it's, I think it's, it's the same order of the Bible as mine too. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only God and Savior be glory majesty power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore and the people of God say Amen Amen Amen, Amen.